It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We are going to talk about the end of Thursday's game to the Utah Jazz, a loss. We'll talk about it because there are some things to talk about there, but I, I want to make sure we talk about the moments that actually matter. Not the late game get, not the late game miscues or plays that weren't made late. The plays that weren't made throughout the course of the game. That's the play. Those are the plays the Magic really have to win. And that's why we're listening to Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 10th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz 131-124. to A game that had a lot of similarities to the Magic's last two loss. Some differences, but a lot of key moments. Key moments at the end of the game. Key moments throughout the game that all added up to a loss. We'll break down all those moments coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Whenever you have a game like this, I think it is very natural and perfectly acceptable to look to the end of the game. The plays at the very end that determine whether you win or lose. And honestly, like these plays were emblematic 
of a lot of the reasons why the Magic ultimately lost in this game. The biggest play, of course, was uh, with the Magic down by one following a Paolo Bancaro three. The Magic struggled all game with dribble penetration, gave up a drive, gave up a shot that forced Paolo Bancaro to come up and defend, putting him out of rebounding position and allowing Walker Kessler to grab the rebound and with at least three Magic players hanging on and pulling on his jersey to get a put-back dunk and one to make it a four-point game once again. Even though Orlando was still able to kind of draw close into the game, Laurie Markkinen hit a tough jumper that ultimately won the game for the Utah Jazz and gave them a, a 131-124 scoring, eventually a 131-124 scoring margin. All those plays are important. And, 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 you know, after the game, there was definitely a sense from the magic of we played some good defense down the stretch and Utah made some tough shots. And, and I'll, I'll agree to that. I think they contested well. I think they, compete, they competed hard. There was an effort defensively that they were trying to give. And, and, and that wasn't always there throughout the game, but they were trying to put that effort forward. Orlando put themselves in a position to win, and as happens late in games, good players make tough shots. Laurie Markin is a good player. Walker Kessler put himself in a position to make a play. The Magic made plays down the stretch to keep themselves in the game. They were chasing the lead, heading into those final minutes, and nearly drew close. So the, the end of game situation wasn't really for lack of execution. It was a ball bouncing the wrong way, a tough shot going in, the kind of things that you can live with. And so I, I'm not fretting so much about the late game stuff in this one. I think that, yes, you could definitely make the argument, you could definitely say, you could definitely ask the question whether Jamal Mosley should have had the lineup he had out there. And, and I'm going to dive a bit deeper into that for OrlandoMagicDaily.com later today, so definitely check out the site throughout the day for that. That should be up early afternoon-ish. Um, undou- I, I, undoubtedly, I think there is debate about whether Mosley had the right lineup out there. The Magic finished the game with a lineup of Markel Fultz, Gary Harris, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, and Paolo Bancaro. I am personally a big proponent of, or I'm personally a believer that you should try to play your five best players. And while Goga Patadze was having a fantastic game, he'd also played five, six, seven minutes straight. And I think asking him to play a final minute, half, two minutes would have been a lot. A final three and a half minutes would have been a lot. Would he have helped? Absolutely. I think, you know, Mosley said after the game, the reason he went to that lineup was because, A, five best players. He didn't say that part, but but five best players. Uh, but B, he said he felt like the way that the, the Jazz were guarding Markel Fultz with Walker Kessler kind of guarding Fultz but roaming the middle, that the Magic could use their speed advantage to beat them. And look, like I said, the Magic did not lose this game for a lack of execution. They made plays down the stretch. And I think experimenting with Paolo at the five in lineups like this is an experiment worth running. Now, is that a lineup that you should run in a crunch time situation? Um, a, a lineup that really hasn't played much together? Is that a lineup you should run in a crunch time situation when you absolutely need a game to win a, to win the play, to get to stay in this postseason race? Probably not. And, and I think I think that's a really I, I think it's a fair criticism to ask 
Why is this lineup in there? Why are you trying this now? At the same time, I'm not willing to sit here and say that it didn't completely work. Outside of the crunch time, you know, and maybe you can't take that away, but outside of the fact that it wasn't crunch time, that they did give up a huge offensive rebound, that lineup did keep the magic in the game. They did things that that, that helped, and I, and I do think we will see this lineup, even when Wendell Carter comes back, I do think we will see the magic continue to experiment and try this lineup. At the very least, you know, again, agree or disagree with whether Mosley should have gone with the lineup. I think we can all agree that this is a lineup worth continuing to explore and test out with, with whatever remains of the season. And again, at the end of the day, most coaches will tell you that at the at end of game situations, they want their best offensive lineup out there. They want to make sure they have guys who could score because at the end of the day, late game situations are exactly like that Lori Markinen shot at the end. It's just about making a tough shot. Can you make a tough shot over the defense? And again, the way that this Magic team was playing yesterday, those were your five best scores. Even Jalen Suggs. Suggs at 17. I, I, as much as it you know didn't work because the Magic lost the game, I, I get the logic. I get the understanding. And, and yeah, maybe the Magic could have used their speed a little bit more. Markel Fultz had 25 points through three quarters and then was silent in the fourth, and he was just destroying Walker Kessler. He he was he was looking at Kessler like he was fried chicken. Or or you know, barbecue chicken or whatever, whatever the kids say these days. He was he was just licking his lips and going after him. It was it was you know, Markel's had this where their teams try to hide their center on him, and when they do, he kills them. He destroys them. All these questions are fair. And worth discussing and worth debating and worth thinking about because, you know, the Magic do have a playing chase that they're nominally in. They're starting to fade in that race. They're now five games back of, of Washington. This this losing stretch has really hurt them. And they got to find a way to pick up wins. And now they got to do it without their longest homestand. They're 0-3 on their longest remaining homestand of the season. They're going to have to figure it out on the road. And that's not what young teams do. And look... A lot of the mistakes the Magic are making and a lot of the mistakes I'm about to describe in the second segment are all young team mistakes. It's not an excuse. It's something they have to be better at and grow through and, and, and should sound obvious, but young teams need to learn these lessons. And, and, have the, and, 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 and honestly, often they have to learn them in the hardest ways possible. Because while I do think a lot of the discussion is and should be on the late game execution, this game was not lost late in the game. This game was lost in little moments throughout. In opportunities to build momentum, in chances that were completely within the Magic's control that they let go. This game was lost in the little moments throughout the game. It wasn't lost in the final two minutes. We're going to talk a little bit about that coming up here in just a moment. But first... A quick word from our friends at BetterHelp. This podcast is sponsored today by BetterHelp. We've all had to go through times where we had to learn something new about ourselves. Whether it was when we were exiting college, when we were switching careers or going to a new job. All of these questions are challenging. Just like a lot of the questions that we have about this young Magic team are challenging and every game is a challenge where we 
learn something new. Every moment in your life is a chance is a chance to learn something new about yourself and learn about how you're going to respond to it. And sometimes we need a little bit of help to get clarity and figure things figure figure that part out about ourselves. That's why better help and therapy are so important to getting the most out of yourself during these during these challenging times or even during non-challenging times to make sure you are on the right path and can affirm yourself too. Therapy is about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. I have I have done therapy on and off throughout my life. It has always benefited me helping me kind of find my path and find my way and the right way to channel my emotions at times to get to something productive for both me and, and the people around me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Do you hear me? If you've listened to this podcast for any stretch of time, you know that I always say games are not won or lost in the last two minutes of a game. Um, you know, cr- you know, I I will concede that clutch time is important, that it does feel different, um, and that especially for a team like the Orlando Magic right now that doesn't quite know how to win, their clutch time minutes, their crunch time minutes matter a lot more. There, you know, you look at the Magic's record in close game in close games this year with when the when the games within five points in the final five minutes, they're like 13 and 21, 13 and 22. I think they're 13 and 22 now. Um, again, you you flip you flip those games, you flip some of those close games, and suddenly you've made up the ground that you needed to make up to be in the play-in tournament, to be in this postseason chase. And so I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that Walker Kessler grabbing that rebound isn't important. It's really important. That was a really big play. You could feel how big that play was at the moment. And, and, and to me, that is really the big difference between crunch time and regular uh, crunch time and not. Is in crunch time, you really feel how big each play can be. But you know, something happened throughout the course of Thursday's game. 
something happened that that you know happened throughout a game, but it happened a lot in Thursday's game, where there would be a play, and I was sitting next to to to, to one of the guys from Orlando Magic HQ. There would be a play, and I and that would happen, and I would turn to turn to him, and I would say, "That's going to be a big play." That's going to matter in the end. These are the kind of things that matter. I mean, if you're looking for why the Magic are struggling to win right now, it's less about the crunch time plays. It's less about the Nasir Little 3. It's less about the Walker Kessler jumper or Walker Kessler putback, but it's more about these little plays that add up over the course of the game. Look, the Magic's defense right now is in shambles uh, without Wendell Carter. Honestly, watching them play... I'm not sure Wendell Carter fixes everything. There are things the Magic need to do to be better defensively. The rotations are just off. Um, you know, they're a little too eager to go for steals, I think. But again, these are little things that matter. Some of these plays are out of your control. There's a play where Goga Patadze blocked a dunk. It landed right in Laurie Markkinen's hands, and he was able to get a shot. Nothing he could do there. There's a play where I think Jalen Suggs went for a steal, got his hand on the ball, but was taking him take took himself out of position to get that steal, and suddenly Utah's on a five on four break and, and they're able to score. Those are kind of 50-50 play. You know, there's a play where Cole Anthony got a rebound, dove on the floor to secure the rebound, and then tried to fire it from a, from 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 a, from the floor out to Jalen Suggs, turned it over. Utah gets a basket. These are little plays. These are little things, but these are also the kind of plays that stop momentum for the Magic, who are climbing uphill all game. They put themselves in a deficit, and and, and they were they were, they were, you know they got back in the game, but they never led by more than five. They were always kind of climbing uphill and trying to catch up. These are the kind of plays that stop momentum and rebuild momentum for the other team. And again, some of them you can't do about. It. You could do the right things, and sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. Like I said, after Sunday's loss to the, to the Blazers, the Magic right now are, have to figure out how to tip the scales in their favor. They have to figure out how to to, to, to get those plays to work in their favor. And, and, that, and that, that's such a huge thing for this team. But the big culprit and the big thing that just felt big every time it happened was the free throw shooting. Something that was completely in the Magic's control. Orlando missed 11 free throws. They went 12 for 21 from the foul line in the second half. They went 2 for 6 from the foul line in the fourth quarter. That is something that is completely within the Magic's control, and that is something that they have to to take advantage of. The, The fact of the matter is, Orlando's success offensively is built on their ability to get to the line. When the Magic get to the line, they win games. That's how they make up the three point difference. That's how. They stay in these games. They hit free throws. And that's not what happened in this game. The Magic gave away points and gave away momentum at the foul line. They gave away chances to tie the game like they did against Portland on Sunday. It's 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 as much a sign of the focus throughout the course of the game because... Missing a free throw early in the third quarter doesn't feel important. What does feel important is when, you know, again, not, I'm not single, singling him out because Paolo missed his share of free throws too. It's important when Cole Anthony misses a take foul free throw 
Because those are free points. The team has literally made a mistake to hand you points and you did not capitalize on it. And it, and it feels small. But even at the time, it feels big. Like this is an opportunity this team missed. And I think one of the larger lessons and one of the big things that this group has to learn, and look, it's a young team thing too, is to be able to take advantage of all 48 of those minutes. You know, Jalen Suggs had, you know, Jalen Suggs was was pretty upbeat, you know, you know, push, pushed back on me when I asked him about this after the game a little bit, which which I appreciate Jalen, Jalen's passion. He was still kind of fired up about the game, had a great game. We'll get we'll get to that in the box score review coming up here. Um, you know, said, you know, he thought they played pretty well. He thought they competed hard defensively. Utah made some tough shots. You know, stuff you can live with. Now, I would I would say, like, look, the Magic's defense needs to continue to improve. Jalen played some great defense, but um, defense needs to continue to improve. They're still giving up too many middle drives. You know, Mo Wagner's in too deep of a drop. Goga Batadze's in too deep of a drop. Magic still needs some versatility on the defensive end. And, and, and as good as Paolo's been, we'll get to him in a minute here. But, you know, Paolo isn't giving you the the kind of inside presence uh, that you need consistently. And, and, and you know, that's, that, that was a big equation in this game. Even though uh, we'll get to Paolo's game here in a minute. I thought he did some really good things. And I, I, there's a lot to, to really like about his game. Um, there are just missing pieces right now. And, 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 you know, part of what the Magic are going through right now is like in a playoff series, you got to figure out what you actually need. A backup center, a, a more physical inside presence to, to back up Wendell Carter, Definitely needed. More three-point shooting? Definitely needed. You know, it's it's not hard to figure all this out, but you do need to see it when you're put under pressure. And, and look, that's, that's what we're seeing play out right now. That's what we're seeing ha- happen right here. Is the Magic are being put under some pressure and, and we're figuring out where the cracks are. But no amount of Pressure is gonna, or nothing you can do really to tell guys to make a free throw. To tell guys to, to, to give that extra ounce, if, if, if there is an extra ounce to give, to get that loose ball. The fact of the matter is, like, the Magic need to win these plays, especially the ones that are in control, like their free throw shooting. They have to win those plays. And right now, the Magic aren't. Yes, they are playing well enough. They're rallying. They are resilient, as Coach Jamal Mosley likes to say. They are resilient enough to keep themselves in these games. And and they deserve a lot of credit for that. They fought hard in this one. But it's not necessarily the big plays that I look to. I don't necessarily look at that late game play from Walker Kessler as, as the reason why they lost. I look at these little plays when the Magic lose their focus for a minute and a half and give up a big lead or give up a big run. And, and those happen in the NBA. But too often it feels like it, it happens for the Magic because of what the Magic are doing and not as much about what the other team is doing, although they take advantage of it. The Magic have to be more focused and locked in for 48 minutes. And when they get opportunities, when they're handed chances to make a push to to to, lower, to 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 cut into that gap to extend their lead, they got to take it. 
And that's what was left on the table Thursday night against the Jazz. We're going to go through the box score real fast, talk a little bit about some individual performances. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. First, a quick word from our friends at FanDuel. We are rounding the final turn to the end of the NBA season. There's only like 16, 15, 16 games left in the Magic season, at least. It's crazy how close we are to the season. We're less than a month away from the end of the season, guys. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel to get yourself ready for the NBA playoffs, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers to FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained and a whole lot more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's go through the final box score real fast as the Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz, 131-124. to um, You know, again, I, I, I think, th- I, I would say this, I, I think the Magic played better in this game than they did against Milwaukee and to, for the, and to some extent as they did against Portland. Um, their defense wasn't on point on the perimeter. They're definitely giving up a lot on the interior without Wendell Carter out there. You know, Mo Wagner just isn't a huge interior presence. Goga Batadze, honestly, like, I think part of what's going on with Goga is the Magic like him and he's playing well, but they don't quite trust him 100% yet. Um, he is earning that trust, but, I, I, you know, again, trust is earned. It, it takes a while to, to build and to gain. And, and, I, and I just don't think, I don't think he fully has it yet. And so that explains maybe why the Magic were a little hesitant to go back to keep him in late in the game. He he extended his stay. Like, he played a lot of minutes. Um, so, you know, but to that point then, you know, like, Mo Wagner's really struggling defensively. Like, he just doesn't give the same presence and, and teams are really happy to attack him. He struggles defending at the rim. Um, it's it's definitely rough. And, 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 and look, Orlando, I thought, did a really good job attacking Walker Kessler. They struggled with it early in the game. They put themselves in a little bit of a hole because they couldn't fig- they couldn't figure out. They got a little tentative going at Kessler, but then they started getting to his body. Then they started to really do a good job shielding the ball away from him, hitting shots over him, attacking him, 
putting him in uncomfortable situations. So, you know, I think the Magic, once they got their groove, they they, they played well. And, and look, their offense right now is scoring incre- at incredible rates. The Magic... The Magic should be winning these games because they can't afford to give away these offensive games. And, and honestly, that's the disappointing part because the Magic are playing offense at such a high level right now and they're just not taking advantage of it because A, either they're letting the pace get out of control, they're letting teams get too confident with their shooting early, or they're just not defending well. Probably a combination of all three of those. Utah ends up shooting 55.7% from four, just 13 for 34 from beyond the arc, 20 for 21 from the foul line. All well and good. Those are all fine. They have 18 turnovers for 29 points. So again, Orlando's defense was still pretty active, even if they weren't able to fully get stops, even if they weren't fully able to to, to shut down uh, Utah's game. It, it just Again, it just felt like every time Orlando was building momentum or getting a few stops, something would happen that would cut the momentum off, whether it was a missed free throw, whether it was Utah hitting a big shot, whether it's an offensive rebound, they had 11 offensive rebounds. Um, it just something always seemed to cut them off and look, Utah lived in the paint in this one. Yeah, I always go to points in the paint. Utah scored 64 points in the paint to Orlando's 50. Oh, that's a good number for Orlando. Orlando, that's above their average, I believe. You can't give up 64 points in the paint. So much of this Magic defense is built on shutting out the paint. Orlando did not do that, and frankly, that's that's why they lost. Orlando also gave up 21 second-chance points, but give the Magic credit there. While that is a big number, Orlando scored 30 second-chance points. So Orlando was able to attack Utah they were able to get them off balance. They were able to put, again, their bigs in weird situations. Um, Walker Kessler was guarding Markel Fultz for a good chunk of the game. And Markel Fultz, eight. 25 points, nine for 13 shooting, two for four from three, five for six from the foul line, six assists, no turnovers. Third quarter, Markel, I think, had 14 of his 25 points. He just ate up Walker Kessler. Got to his spots at the free throw line, hit that mid-range jumper that is unstoppable from him. I, I think uh, Markel Fultz has always done a really good job using the space that opponents give him because they want him shooting the ball. And he does so well getting to the quote-unquote kill spots where he's just able to hit that shot over defenders because he's just that good at hitting mid-range jumpers. A really nice game for Markel Fultz. Um, really the catalyst in the third quarter to get the Magic back in the game after a slow start to the quarter. Orlando scored 41 points in the third quarter despite falling behind by 15 early in the quarter. So a really good play. From him. Paolo Baker, like I said, 26 points, 8 for 17 shooting, 3 for 4 from deep, 7 for 11 from the foul line, 8 rebounds. Had a really nice game. Struggled early, missed a couple shots going up against uh, Kessler early, but then he started to figure it out. Then he started to just bull his way to the basket. I love that he did not settle for jumpers on this game. He pushed his way to the line, 11 free throw attempts. Problem was, he missed four of them. That's four of the Magic's 11 misses right there. Markel had one. Uh, you know, Movager had one. Uh, Cole Anthony missed his only free throw. Jalen Suggs missed his only free throw. Goga Batadze was one for four. Um, again, these are the things. These are the things that matter. These are the these are the things that add up. And if Paolo Bencaro is going to get to line 11 times, he needs to make nine or 10 of them. Like, it's it's that simple. And, and, and look, his free throw shooting has gone up and down a little bit. It's been pretty solid at like 75%. But in a seven-point game, missing four free throws is pretty big. It's a pretty big, big deal. And so... That is that is still, again, just those are points left on the board. Plain and simple. And, and it's not to put it all on Paolo because Paolo did a lot of really good things. His three-point shot was working. He had a couple of big threes in this one. But it's missing a free throw in the third quarter. It's missing a free throw early in the fourth. Those are the ones that really hurt, that, that really add up and hurt you. And that, I think that's the larger point of this game. 
Franz Wagner had a nice game as well. 24 points, 9 for 21 shooting, 4 for 9 from deep, 2 for 2 from the foul line. Um, Franz did a really good job attacking the basket. Um, I thought that, you know, he's maybe trying to get a little too cute with his finishes. Uh, uh, you know, I was talking with Kobe Price after the game, and I think we both agree that one thing Franz, uh, we both agree that Franz, A, has to develop more of a mid-range game. He's kind of gone away from that as the season's gone on. But I, I think we both agree, too, that one thing that Franz has to do better at is getting to the foul line. Um, he is so good at working around contact, sometimes he needs to just take the hit. Sometimes he needs to just get to the foul line, put pressure on the defense that way. That's going to set up so many of his other other stuff, too. Um, you know, again, just some of, the, some of the shots that he takes are just wild to avoid contact. And not necessarily uh, not necessarily a high percentage shot. And so that's an area where I think Franz needs to continue to work. Pretty, pretty much the only thing missing from this game for him because he was pretty good. Uh, Gary Harris, 12 points, 4 for 9 shooting. Mo Wagner, 11 points, 4 for 8 shooting. 6 rebounds for him. Off the bench, Jalen Suggs, 17 points, 7 for 14 shooting. Only 1 for 5 from deep. 6 assists, 1 turnover. Jalen Suggs was awesome. Again, uh, 2 steals as well. Just awesome game from him. Was able to get into his shots, not forcing anything. Got to the basket a few times. Uh, I, I love, you know, look, Jalen Suggs is playing really well right now. Defensively, he is just so physical and so good. Um, it, it's it's hard to keep him off the floor. And as a shot continues to develop, and it, it's coming along, you can read about that on AtlantaMagicDaily.com. As a shot continues to come along, he's going to continue to just get better and better and better. And, and I really love the way that Jalen Suggs is playing right now. He or like. Why did the Magic go to that Powell at the five lineup? It's because they wanted Jalen Suggs out there. Play, like, plain and simple. They needed a way to keep Jalen Suggs on the floor, but they still needed Gary Harris to shoot him because Gary played a pretty solid game too. too. Um, that's how they decided to do it. Um, I'm not against it. I, I, I believe you should play your five best players and find a way to make it work. Again, is crunch time the right time to experiment with that? I don't know, but... Uh, it, it, Suggs continues to play very, very well, and, and and it's hard not to be excited about it. The problem for the Magic was they got very little else from their bench. Cole Anthony struggled with six points on two for eight shooting. Orlando did not turn to him a ton, only 21 and a half minutes in this one. Goga Batadze had three points, one for three shooting, uh, one for four from the foul line, five rebounds, including three offensive rebounds. He did some really good things. He had two blocks. He was really strong defensively. But Orlando is certainly missing a little bit of a scoring punch right now. Um, bull, bull, no points, 0 for 1 shooting, 6 rebounds for him. I, I know I know fans are kind of hot and cold on bull, bull, and I think you just have to understand when it's good bull or bad bull. I, I didn't think this was necessarily bad bull, but like his defensive awareness is just, it's it's, it's not particularly good, and, and, and it hasn't gotten that much better, um, especially when he's not guarding the ball. Orlando shoots 46.8% from floor, 16 for 34 from beyond the arc, 20 for 31 from the foul line. Only 10 turnovers for 13 points. So why did the Magic lose this game? 11 mystery throws. Opportunities lost there at the line. Poor defense, giving up 64 points in the paint. 21 second chance points off 11 offensive rebounds. And 55.7% shooting. Why did the Magic stay in this game? Their offense was awesome. They forced 18 turnovers for 29 points. They only had four fast break points, but they were able to get into their offense quickly and move with pace and confidence. Both teams were doing were playing with confidence, and, and that's how you get such high scores because... When, when teams play with this much confidence, it, it defenses only matter a little. It's about it's it's like playing 2K. You just you got to find a stop somewhere because the offenses are just so good. Um, that's kind of where the Magic are at right now. And again, even when their offense is playing well, you just feel like every miss is huge, and you just don't feel like the Magic can sustain their offense. And and that's that's kind of what happened in this game. Orlando 
Orlando got themselves back in the game. They had the lead, and then they they gave up a little mini run midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, I thought they were they were down five at one point. And I thought Mosley needed to call a timeout and reload with some starters. He let it go one more play. They gave up a three. They found themselves down eight. Again, I, my biggest, I, I know a lot of people have criticized Mosley for his rotation decisions. My criticism of Mosley is more that he makes the right decisions, but he makes them a beat late. This was a beat late for me. Um, and so, again, it's, it's, it's little things. It's, it's, it's a decision like that. It's missed free throws. It's little things that add up that ultimately end in a loss. The Orlando Magic fall to the Utah Jazz 131-124. The Magic back in action to close this homestand, looking for their first win on the homestand Saturday against the Miami Heat. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the public and all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com later today. I will be going into that Palo at the five lineup and some other odd lineups Magic have tried. Check that out later this afternoon. Now that you're done listening to us, be sure to check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Get all, it's like watching the a night of NBA action in 30 minutes. Get reactions from all the locked on site experts from their games. Get the takeaways that you need to know from every game in the NBA every Monday through Friday. You can find that on the Locked On NBA feed wherever you download podcasts, YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you download podcasts, of course. Locked on game to locked on game to game NBA. Check it out today. That's gonna do it for me though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic Magic. We'll be back with you next after Saturday's game against the Miami Heat. Close out this homestand. Look ahead to the road trip as well, starting next week. We'll get to that. Uh, and future episodes of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.